After now a decade and a handful of years of reckless financial policies have brought about nominal price bubbles at still dangerous levels in various major asset classes, and after Fiat Federal Reserve leaders kicked off a secular price inflationary regime policy in August 2019, raging onwards still at the moment, they want you, me, and other financial market participants to somehow believe they can both manage a soft landing of their fiat financialized asset bubble economy with an orderly decline. We begin this week with a linear chart of the U.S. stock market's S&P 500 index over the past 100 years. Fiat financialization kicked off in the 1980s, but it wasn't until after the 2008 global financial crisis got papered over, and in recent years, that we got to see illusory nominal paper wealth numbers in the U.S. stock market blow through the roof. In this video, we'll look at a few wealth-changing rotations historical stock investors have made into bullion looking backwards and as well project a bit forwards. Of course, I don't know the future, but I can still try to align my wealth with what I believe is the probable outcome for better long-term returns to come. Yet many out there are still deluded by the U.S. stock market bubble, and they are going to likely have years of silvering up to do one by one. Lost decades in real value terms are common in the U.S. stock market's history, and my bullion bet is this decade will be better for precious metals than bear market stocks. The S&P 500 is likely to close this week around 3,700. And to retain any semblance of credibility, even regular stock bull cheerleaders on CNBC are now having to make fundamentally driven bear cases. Josh Brown did so twice this week in elegant fashion. Have a look and listen. Uh, what now? Where do stocks go from here, do you think? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a similar outcome as what we had during the last Fed meeting. If you recall how that went down, uh, CNBC's Steve Leisman asked the fateful question, were you considering 75 basis points after a 50 basis point rate hike? And uh, the chairman demurred and the stock market took off to the upside. Today looks like a similar setup, not as, not as big of a rally, but certainly being led by some of the trashiest, highest multiple, scariest uh, former growth stocks imaginable. Uh, those were the leaders today, never a great sign. Um, and tomorrow, there could be a really big rethink. And I, I, I can't imagine that the bear market we've been in now, which is the ninth longest in the last 80 years in the entirety of the post-World War II history of the stock market, this is now the ninth longest bear market. It's hard for me to imagine it ends with a Fed rate hike of 75 basis points. So I don't think we've seen the lowest prices that we will see. Uh, and I don't think much really changed today, given how rapidly the bond market had already gotten here before the FOMC had its chance to put out a mm. statement. So wh what changes the game then? Uh, nothing. You probably need a, a recession. I don't think you can wring the amount of stimulus that's been put into this economy over the last couple of years out with just like a, a soft landing where everybody gets a happy ending. We had about... Uh, 1,500 companies come public over the last two and a half years, and a lot of them were not built for a world where there's a cost of capital, and, and it's, a, it's a positive cost of capital. They're not built for that. Our present housing market is not built uh, for, for what, what's gone on in the mortgage market. In just the last week, things have gotten so extreme that purchase applications have crashed by 40%. Compass and Redfin, two of the largest brokerages or brokerage platforms, um, announced proportionally pretty big 
uh, layoffs. There's a whole leg down in housing that could occur that would have significant ramifications uh, for, for the economy. And that's notwithstanding the damage that we've already seen in equity market capitalization. You've got over $9 trillion in losses uh, for, for the U.S. stock market. I don't think that's been felt yet in the real economy. There's a lag uh, from, from a negative wealth shock like that, but it's coming. So this is where we are. Uh, I, I, I like the idea that stocks will have these temporary reprieves. They shouldn't go down five days a week, of course. Uh, and some stocks might be done going down, period. Um, but it's going to be a difficult environment. The Fed is not in a position, Judge, to supply us with a new bubble to get excited about. Think about how many bubbles we've had come our way to enjoy over the last few years. The FANG bubble, the growth stock bubble, the SPAC bubble, the crypto bubble, the venture capital unicorn bubble. It's been one uh, amusement park ride after another. The Fed just can't do it right now. They can't supply us with one. To Josh Brown's point about the perilous situation with the U.S. housing market of late, mortgage rates this week, they did have their largest, fastest climb since 1987. Monthly payments to finance average new home 30-year mortgages have now more than doubled since January 2021. Going from a monthly payment of 1,294 then to 2,671 per month to service a now 30-year mortgage rate in May 2022. Back to a few other poignant points made this week by CNBC's Josh Brown. Schwab today tweets, U.S. consumers losing interest in spending money on several goods and services. Only topics where Google search activity hasn't declined are exercise equipment, telecom, and job interviews. Kroger today talks about big trade downs, airfares falling for the first time, customers talking about rising prices, housing prices are down, mortgage rates are soaring. What do you say? Uh, if you're listening to if you're listening to the Fed, the question is which Fed, because uh, what Powell is saying does not jibe with what the Atlanta uh, Fed's GDP now forecast says. Uh, that forecast says we are in recession, n uh, no growth in in uh, in the second quarter. So we'll, you know, by the time we we get like actual clean data post all the revisions, it takes a while. Um, but I've made this point on the show. I've been making it for a while. It doesn't matter if we're in a recession or a soft landing because in the minds of the consumer, and the consumer is 70% of the economy, it already feels like a recession. It already feels like a recession. So it's, we're, it's almost like semantics at this point. We are in a slowdown. Um, it feels horrible. The people who can, who can least afford to be in an environment like this are obviously the people at the lower end of the income scale. And while a strong labor market has helped, I want to show you some markets that I think are going to have a negative multiplier effect that we will be feeling for at least the next two quarters, almost regardless of what the Fed does at this point. They actually can't even help here. Um, we just had mortgage rates surge to 5.78%. That is the largest one-week increase since 1987. Yes, that 1987. Uh, housing starts declined 14.5% from April to May. That is an enormous decrease. Single family starts dropped 9% to an annual rate of only a million house, uh, 1.05 million uh, month over month. And why that's not great is really the only engine of, of the economy that we can rely on is the positive multiplier effect from new household formation. The demographics are on our side. 
that's not working out if we're not going to build enough affordable homes, and we're not. Um, and so now building permits fall another 7%. That's month over month. That's not versus last year. These are startling, almost overnight declines echoed in the layoffs that we've heard about from Compass and Redfin, and there will be more. And you, so you see the home building stocks. You see DHI. You see Lennar. Uh, NVE, uh, NVR, you see Pulte, mm-hmm. they're all down somewhere between 5 and 8% today. But th- they're tiny stocks. Those stocks don't matter at all to the calculation of the S&P 500. However, the product that they sell is enormously important. And when you lose that aspect of consumer confidence and spending, when the home that they're in doesn't sell and when uh, applications to buy new homes declines – a lot of ancillary spending in our economy goes away with that. So you're probably going to have a bust, quite frankly, in durables. If you bought a new washing machine in 2021, you're not buying one in 2022, obviously. So I think that that is really important because we talk about this transition of the economy. Mm-hmm. We're going to go from items to services. Okay, that sounds great. The thing is, services are very small in the S&P 500 earnings. Um, durable goods and actual items that we buy are very large. It's just uh, it's it's just a, a relic of the way these indices were originally constructed. So if you understand that the few remaining areas where there's consumer enthusiasm, like travel, are really tiny for the earnings picture, then it's hard to say that having earnings up eight or nine percent this year. Is, is realistic. And what that ends up meaning is people coming out, cutting estimates, and you will see them start to say in two months, in three months, what I am saying now, which is that negative multiplier effects from high gasoline, from overconsumption over the last two years that doesn't need to be repeated, right. and from falling home values and home equity and stock market portfolios make it so that the idea of a soft landing really becomes laughable. And the longer this goes on for the more laughable it is. So So, I'm holding out hope that it doesn't have to be 2008 or anything like that, but it's, we've not seen the worst yet. The Fiat Federal Reserve increased their Fed funds rate by 75 basis points or three quarters of a percentage point this past week, moving their Fiat Federal Funds interest rate to a range of 1.5 to 1.75%. This supposed aggressive action was taken while understated official price inflation rages onward at 8.6% year-on-year. While real price inflation, for people like you and I who actually go and spend our own currency at the supermarket and around Main Street, we all know it's likely conservative in the middle teens or higher in the USA at the moment. I guess the critical thinking world is supposed to apparently look upon this week's fiat Fed rate hike as, as if it's supposedly fighting price inflation. Even past financial bubble creators chimed in with the former Fiat Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke stating the following. Inflation will not become self-perpetuating with price increases leading to wage increases leading to price increases if people are confident that the Fed will take the necessary measures to bring inflation down over time. Well, a longtime tech analyst and gold bull Fred Hickey Uh, stated the obvious, and I would suggest we're going to be lucky to only see 1970s-style price inflation with what the Fiat Federal Reserve has done to the now massive Fiat dollar M2 currency supply explosion. We've never done currency expansion like this in our nation's modern history. You would literally have to go back to the U.S. Civil War's Fiat Greenback era to find anything this highly Fiat currency expansionary. Thus far in 2022, the U.S. stock market has had these terrible years as its company. 
and we're not even halfway through the year yet. Large institutional investors, 60% stock and 40% bond portfolios, continue to get crushed. In the face of all this, gold bullion has yet to bull mania up a wall, like many have been impatiently calling for, but it has, at the very least, stayed flat and slightly positive in the face of terrible financial market fundamentals. Oh, and this week, Jerome Powell almost explicitly admitted we too as a nation are fiat CBDC bound. Looking forward, rapid changes are taking place in the global monetary system that may affect the international role of the dollar in the future. Most major economies already have or are in the process of developing instant 24-7 payments. Our own FedNow service will be coming online in 2023. And in light of the tremendous growth in crypto assets and stablecoins, we are examining whether a U.S. central bank digital currency would improve upon what is an already safe and efficient domestic payment system. Hello there, on behalf of SDBullion.com, this is James Anderson with a quick SDBullion market update. Before we go further, please smash the like button so other sound money stackers can also see this content. And be sure to subscribe to our SDBullion channel so you can get our latest market coverages and also a chance at winning incredible bullion giveaways like this one. Get ready for SD Bullion's Monster Box Sweepstakes that includes 500 Silver Eagles. You could be the next lucky recipient of a phone call like this. This is Dr. Tyler Wall, CEO of SD Bullion. Well, I'm calling you to let you know that you won the SD Bullion giveaway of a Monster Box of Silver Eagles. So click the link below for your chance to win. Click the link below to enter our new 500-ounce American Silver Eagle Coin Type 2 Giveaway Contest. And good luck to all of you who take part. The gold market's run to 1,900 an ounce got thwarted. First thing to start this week, getting capped at 1880 an ounce, as the spot gold price appears to be closing this week, just shy of 1850 an ounce ask price. The silver spot price consolidated sideways with failed attempts to clear 22 an ounce toward the close of this week. Gold-silver ratio sits around 85 at the moment. I want to close this week with what I promised to show you, Having not completely finished my point about what a potential beatdown the U.S. stock market has coming to it in real bullion value terms, this is a long-term chart reflecting the then price of gold divided by the then S&P 500 U.S. stock market index since the post-World War II era, back when the United States had all its infrastructure still intact, with over 20,000 metric tons of gold bullion and the wind at our backs, fundamentally speaking. The Nifty 50 stock market bull of the 1960s eventually gave way to a super cycle in commodities in the stagflationary 1970s where the price of gold 24-folded from bottom to top. Basically, had one traded out of U.S. stocks into gold at the time, they enjoyed two bull runs for bullion throughout the 1970s. While the first 2000s bull run is behind us and over, my contention on this chart is the second run is now setting up for this decade into perhaps even the next. If we simply get back to levels reached in 2011, gold divided by the U.S. stock market, we would have gold bullion outperforming the S&P 500 by a factor of three from here. But that's base case conservatism for me. Given that we're now popping some of the craziest financial bubbles ever blown up, it would not shock me to see gold outperform the S&P 500 by a factor of, say, 10 from here to its eventual future peak. Of course, one would always take profits along the way, for I don't know the future, neither do you. But the potential for outperformance, while also preserving wealth, is staggering, still for gold or U.S. stocks ahead. 
As well, the potential for silver outperforming US stocks gets even more ridiculous from here to there. If silver merely returns to its 2011 level on this chart, which again is conservative, base case for myself, we're talking silver outperforming the S&P 500 by a factor of over six. Whereas if silver gets eventually manic on the upside and overshoots after decades of systematic value price suppression, the possibility of silver outperforming US stocks by a factor of say 20 fold this decade into the next is most certainly within historical reason. Again, I don't know the future, again, neither do you. But a prudent bullion position makes high value gains sense versus the beginning secular bear markets opening up in the broad global bond, US stock, and fiat currency valuation trends of late. For me, gold bullion, and especially silver bullion, are asymmetric bets against fiat financial bubbles coming undone this decade into the next. That's all for this week's SD Bullion Market Update. As always, to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to give our video a thumbs up. To keep getting bullion-related news and industry insights, be sure to subscribe to our channel. And finally, hit that alert button so you know when we publish fresh content.